This is Brian Bogert, founder of Brian Bogert Companies. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with the mastermind effect. He is literally the mastermind behind masterminds. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, today we've got the founder of Brian Bogert Companies, Brian Bogert. He explains the difference between you today versus five years from now will be the books that you read and the people that you surround yourself with. Brian talks about learning to be aware so it doesn't feel like life just happened. And he gets into creating your list of things that give you energy versus draining the bucket. Check it out. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, I've got my, my good friend that I had the fortune of meeting last year, the founder of Brian Bogert Companies, Brian Bogert. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man, dude, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. And we just had an awesome conversation before we even got on camera and a lot of synergy and a lot of things that uh, you're building that you just talked to me about in the podcasting realm and what we're building with Success Finder. But uh, let's dive into what we're here about today and kind of, you know, move that needle forward. So when someone realizes the value that you bring and the truth bombs and knowledge bombs that you're going to give today, what's the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? First and foremost, I love that you just started with that question. <laughs> so it's uh, brianboger.com is my website. Almost everything is there. All my social handles are integrated, which is at Bogert Brian on all of them. A lot of the free content that we push out, YouTube channel, it's all there. So go to brianboger.com. You can reach out to us that way. It's the best place to follow everything we're doing. And I'm going to sit there and say how I follow Brian is LinkedIn. That's where I see him. Other than our side conversations, you're putting out a ton of valuable information. There's there's the difference between putting out a ton of information, but putting out a ton of value is what <laughs> you, you do. Your wife, I've got to still catch you in your wife's video, but uh, I highly recommend doing it. And all of this will be in the show notes. So they'll be able to find you through the show notes and kind of go from there. But let's dive into this and, let's do it, and, and go. All right. Our ability to really learn and access different people has drastically changed my opinion over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, it was textbooks and teachers, and that moved to our family, our friends, and our coworkers, but that's literally a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? That's a great question. It was probably seven years ago, I had an opportunity to meet Aeneas Williams, uh, people who know him, he's a, a Hall of Fame cornerback. At a dinner with him, he said a quote, that resonated deeply with me. And he said, the only difference between who you are today and who you'll be five years from now is in the people that you meet and the books that you read. And he's a pastor, so he paused for effect and he said it again. And then he paused for effect and he said it again. So he said it three times, so I was like, okay, he clearly wants me to hear this. And I was dense enough to at least recognize that pattern. And I was the guy at the time that literally had a book full or a shelf full of books, didn't ever touch them with good intent to tap into it. And so he inspired me because I didn't consume books well, right? By reading, I would literally, I'd open it up, I'd crack it, I'd get a, a, a chapter in maybe, and I wouldn't retain anything. And then I would just lose interest and couldn't keep myself engaged. So I was like, okay, if, if what he's really getting at is people and knowledge and how are we funneling it through our worlds, then I need to consume differently. So I started listening to audiobooks. 
And just so funny enough, uh, the first book I listened to was, um, I'm totally drawing a blank. It's uh, it, by Nito Kuvin. It'll come back to me in a second, but it's basically a book full of colloquialisms. It's like a quote concept application. And I thought this quote was an Aeneas Williams original. I really did. Like he said it, it's like it came out as his own. And then I hear that quote a week later while I'm listening to this book. Oh, it's Attitude, the, the, the Remarkable Power of Optimism by Nito Kubin. Great book. And I hear the same quote. The only difference between who you are today and who you'll be five years from now is in the people that you meet and the books that you read. Which, again, nothing happens by coincidence, right? So that clearly was telling me, okay, my consumption changed, which was a good thing. And it's aligning with this philosophy and it's reinforcing it because now I'm hearing the exact same quote. So I put myself on a mission then to say, okay, if I can consume this way, I can also consume differently, faster, and I retained the information better. So I put that into hyperspeed. And over the last probably six or seven years, I've averaged about a book a week since that time. Um, I don't say that to impress. I say it to impress on the point. What I also realized is it's not just how we consume, but it's the speed and how we align that with the cadence for how we consume, right? So I started playing with the speed at which I could listen to it. And based on narrator and how they did it, if I was listening to it at one time speed, you can hear right now, I talk fast, I think fast, I walk fast. That's just the way I'm wired, right? Listening to it at one time speed, most of them communicate like this. And that's how a lot of people can consume. That didn't work for me. I'd still not retain. I'd still get bored. I'd still, so I started messing with it. I listen, I, the reason I can consume them so fast, I listen to most books at one and three quarter speed or two times speed, because that's how it aligns with the way I calibrate and the way I think. It sticks harder, it retains better, and I don't lose interest. So to answer your question, what he's really saying is, where and how are you consuming information and where and how are you tapping into the collective wisdom of other people? And so I also went into hyperdrive around surrounding myself with the right people to ask the right questions. You only get information based on the quality of your questions. And so not only am I surrounding myself with you know, the five people that they say you are a reflection of, but who else is in my circle, whether than that inside circle or the medium circle, and what's the knowledge I can be funneling through my brain? Those are the two ways that I've put my growth into hyperspeed in the last seven years is really looking for, I can learn anything or something from anybody I interact with. I don't care if it's the, per the cashier at the grocery store. If I engage, I ask questions and I communicate. I can learn from everybody I run across and every piece of information that funnels through my body, what and how can I learn and grow from that? So seven years ago, that quote changed the way I consumed and learned. And today that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's still people and knowledge. Wow, that's a beautiful thing that you were able to draw that string from where you were at, where you wanted to go and how it tethered to why you are who you are today. Have you, have you reached back out to him and said, by the way, this was one of the biggest impacts on my life. So he knows that? You know, I haven't, you know, he, he runs in a lot of circles with a lot of people that, that I've known. And so hopefully I've told that story enough times that he's heard it, but I, I appreciate the challenge and I probably should reach out to him and say that because it, it has, it's been very meaningful for me. That's an amazing tether if you think about it. And it really kind of goes into the next thing that I want to talk to you about, which was information. And there's a lot of ways yeah. to take in information more than ever before. And it can be confusing. Some people learn from a mentor, a coach, a mastermind, online courses. There's a lot of ways to learn and take in information. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect with them? That's a great question. Uh, I will tell you one of the people that I'm learning from right now on hyperspeed uh, is David Meltzer. He and I connected maybe six months ago because we shared a, a virtual stage together. And so there was a connection point. We ended up having a conversation. Uh, we both have a similar but slightly different mission. We're both on a mission to impact a billion lives. So there was a very common thread that brought us together. And I think just uh, the way that we both enter into the world, our philosophies, the way we view business and people is so aligned. And so we just had an immediate connection. 
And so since that time, I mean, I, I communicate with David every other week, roughly. We're looking and finding ways to collaborate. And he's someone that's older than me, lost a hell of a lot more money than I ever have, um, even though I've lost plenty in mistakes myself. And so, you know, he's someone who has just different experiences and different perspectives that I can learn from to hopefully not repeat his, his mistakes. Um, you know, you and I ended up connecting through a mutual, another person I've learned from. I don't have the same frequency with him uh, in terms of like regularity of talk and those types of things, but I do operate from a similar frequency and vibration and the way that we enter into the world on doing massive action and not really allowing hurdles or blocks to get in our way. So Steve Sims, right, is the guy that we connected with. So Steve and David are completely different individuals. And, you know, I learn from both of them by watching them, by interacting with them, and by consuming different elements of their content. I learned from everybody, like I told you before. So I try to learn from every interaction. I've learned stuff from you. You know, I've learned stuff from all of our different groups. So anybody listening, Brandon can teach you something. I just want you to hear that. He can. Please listen. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding with my buddy, Brandon. For those of you who didn't see all of that, he really can teach you stuff. Listen to him. When I say I'm kidding, I'm giving him a hard time. But those are probably two that I've, I've in the last few six months, have learned a lot from because they... You know, in the personal development space, they're also years ahead of where I'm at in my trajectory. They've learned and made a lot more mistakes than I have to this point. So, yeah, and that's that's the great thing when you surround yourself with people like Dave. And I had the fortune of hearing him speak on a stage a few years ago and hear his story from the the, the sports world to making it and losing it and like having to figure it out all over again, and, and then to Steve Sims and hearing his stories, just taking small little pieces and rearranging them to how they are applicable to you that might not be what they meant, but then you can rearrange it and sit there and, and you can prevent yourself from stepping in a landmine just by listening to people like Brian, Steve, and Dave. 100%, 100%. I mean, David Meltzer, right? He lost $100 million, right? Few people even know what that looks like, let alone have lost it, right? That's like just a, a narrow area. You know, and Steve, he works with billionaires, right? People who own private islands. He gets and runs in circles with people that most people cannot even imagine their perspectives are really powerful. And again, you, you're a perfect example. I mean, the, the way that you envision how to connect people, how you can deliver value through platforms and systems that you're building through your own mistakes, right? And how you are able to tap into the collective wisdom of everybody in your circle to hopefully deliver value to everybody that's learning from you. You do that better than a lot of people, right? So again, I mean, I see how you're building your architecture. And that's why I say, that's what I want everybody to hear. You can literally learn from anybody if you're asking the right questions and you're willing to listen and you set your ego aside to realize that everybody can teach you something. Yeah, there's a thing that you just said that really has resonated with me. It's the second or third time you said it. Asking the right questions. Now, I, I want to, because I, I talked about this in a solo episode recently. Sometimes you need to surround yourself with the right people, have the right corner person and go to them and say, here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to go but I don't know what question to ask and here are the hurdles I'm running into. And by saying, I don't know what question to ask on what I need help with, they're, they're smarter. I surround myself with way smarter people than I am. And they'll be like, well, this is what you need right now. And you're like, ah, it's right in front of you, but you don't always know the right question and not, not making up a question just to make it, it's okay. Just say, I don't know. 100%. And that's where vulnerability comes in and authenticity and human connection in general. Couldn't agree with you more. Dude, this happened three months ago with David Meltzer. Exact same thing. We were having a conversation and I literally said to him, I was like, I know I need help. I know something's in my way. I don't see it. I don't know what it is. And I don't know the right, right question to ask. Guess what? In a half second, he smacked me between the eyeballs with a two by four and was like, bro, here's what it is. 
right? He knew, and he knew the exact question. He knew exactly where to take it because he's seen the pattern before. He knew where it was. He knew where it was, what was keeping me back. And so it, to me, I've said this from the beginning in my career. I am only as good as my questions. Yeah, and you, get, you, get, you just said clues right there. You got to look for the clues, the patterns, and your choices that you make with those, the CPC, and, and it'll just, it'll streamline the process. So, wow, I love, I love everything you've said right there. Let's, let's kind of shift sh- yeah. subjects, if I can actually say the word a little bit. And, you know, I feel that people get stuck and they don't know how to execute what's in their head. I guess we're not shifting subjects. We're staying kind of on the same thing right there. We're still going through a pandemic and I feel that this is causing a reset and how we can accomplish things, how we connect, how we can move the needle. How have masterminds and coaching helped you when you're looking to get unstuck to accomplish something? So that's a very specific, narrow way of getting unstuck. I think that's one of a lot of ways to do it. But the reality of it is we often don't see a whole lot about ourselves, even if we're hyper aware. I like to think I'm one of the most self-aware people I've come across. And, and, I, and I am. And I don't say that arrogantly. It's just true. I've put a lot of time and energy into it. That said, there's a lot I don't see. So it does come back to some of the same questions, but it's also putting yourself in an environment where you are willing and able to recognize that you don't know it all, that you can learn something from anybody. And that again, if you're paying attention and you're aware, you can be intentional with how do you apply that into your life. And so I have multiple coaches in my life. I didn't for a long time for no reason, right? I didn't know what value it could add. I didn't understand where it could be. And I often use an analogy. So we'll talk about this because this is a recent analogy. Masterminds and coaches are one way to solve this. Mentors can do this for you, right? Spouses or partners can do this for you. People who are really close to you who know you and can see certain things that you can't see. Masterminds and coaches, I think are, you put it on hyperdrive, right? Because there's an element of exchange. There's compensation. It's not just perceived value. There's a commitment on both sides of that equation. And so you can go a lot deeper faster because you're making a physical investment literally with money, time, and energy to put yourself into that environment. So I think that that's one of the fastest ways to do it. But I look at it and I say, okay, if I've got a block, I can go slam my head into the wall 50 times and just change the angle and hope that one angle is all of a sudden going to make it work. Or I could go and put myself in that environment and realize like, oh, it's not actually about slamming my head. It's about slamming my fist through that block or, oh, geez, that's not the block I should be hitting on. Right. And so I have coaches and people in my life in multiple categories. And I have now for the last five to seven years, again, the string that connected all of this, it's around the same amount of time. And I'll give you an example. I've been training for triathlons. I have never swam over hundred yards in my life. In July, I decided I'm going to go do some triathlons. Hmm. I could go swim based on everything I've ever done. Cause I know how to freestyle. I know what I'm doing and just slap myself through the water or I could hire a coach. I hired a coach because I'd never had a training lesson that I could remember at any point. And he gave me some tips. We spent about an hour in the water. He fixed some stuff out of the gate. And then I implemented what I swam consistently for a period of time. I built up my base. I built up my strength. I built up my feel in the water. And then I started getting to a point where I was like laboring. I felt like I was still laboring in the water. So what did I do? I hired him again. Let's go back in and get another lesson. In a 45 minute lesson, he changed two things. The angle of my head, He wanted to tip down a little bit more. I mean, we're talking inches, right? And then how I was finishing my stroke at the back end of my stroke, where my hand was actually going over my body. Two things, minor changes. Instantly, I was moving through the water faster with less effort. 
And so I have viewed the value of investing in masterminds, coaches, and surrounding myself with people who can see the things I don't see, even as it relates to body movements, uh, vocal connotation, facial expression, you name it, right? Or a misalignment in my energy versus my words. The reality of it is, is often it's just a couple of inches, maybe even sometimes a couple of millimeters of shift from where you're at today. And it can have a dramatically different outcome on where you go. Yeah. When you look at yourself as an investment, people look at their 401ks, the housing market, the stock market, and those are investments that you can't control. But the one investment you can, the most important investment out there that we choose to focus on the least until we get old and gray and we're like, wow, I wish I hadn't have done this. The most important investment is yourself. And that story of the swim coach, it's brilliant and it's simple. And what it sa saved you and what it shaved you from your time and your effort that you were going to have to put into it just makes sense. That's right. It's the same thing in life. I mean, that's why I have multiple business coaches. That's why I've got, you know, marriage counselors and therapists. That's why my wife continued to, that's why I have a meditation coach. That's why I see a Reiki energy healer. That's why I've hired nutrition coaches and trainers on the physical side, right? Now I've built these things to have the means to be able to do that. But even when I didn't have the means, I was investing in it. I didn't view it as an expense. And I truly believe that's what's allowed me to short circuit and get to the levels that I've been at in life because I started investing early. And so I, uh, I love that you caught up on that, that nuanced word that I said, because that's often what I say to people is like new habits, new things, new, new anything. Most people view it as a cost. They view it as a cost. They view it as an expense. They don't view it as an investment. If you view these things as an investment in your future self, they will pay for themselves in spades if you apply what you learn. Yeah. The first time I finally got into coaching and I, I got I got lucky, got the right coach. And I wanted to shorten that gap in people getting lucky. They said first conversation saved me an hour a day. Now I I I don't work for a living, but I work seven days a week. Okay. So I'm I'm doing they saved me seven hours a week. That's that's bananas. I mean that's 15 full days of my life back that I was able to replug back into my family, my business, my myself. Like you can't get that. It's like a 15 day free vacation. I'm like, I, and I let them know. I'm like, Hey, I don't care if we don't talk for the rest of the year. I owe you an entire year's worth of whatever your fee is. That's exactly right. Yeah. I, again, not even a surprise. You and I are so much in alignment An analogy that I give people to the value of a compound effect, right? Anybody listening to this show, just think to yourself right now, do you want more time in your life, more time to either do what you want, be with the people that you want, spend in your business, focus better on your health. And by the way, I've never run across a person that hasn't raised their hand yes to that question, right? So, okay, great. Let's break it down. You, I love, already expanded the math on this, but let's just start something basic. If we do 30 minutes a day, if you could find 30 minutes a day to repurpose into anything, investing in yourself, reading a book, meeting new people, whatever it is to make yourself grow, 30 minutes a day. And we'll just keep it during the work week for most people, five days a week. Let's keep the math simple. 30 minutes a day is two and a half hours a week. Two and a half hours a week is 10 hours a month. 10 hours a month is 120 hours per year. Now, for the people who work 40 to 60 hour work weeks, you've just given yourself two to three weeks back in your year that you can repurpose by just paying attention to where you have wasting, where you have waste in your day and how do I repurpose that 30 minutes to make an investment? Because not only have you gotten the time back, but if you view it as an investment, that's going to compound on itself year over year. And when you repurpose that time, again, I told you seven years ago, I started listening to books about an average of once a week. I've listened to hundreds of books that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I do that typically in less than 30 minutes a day. Yeah. And that just, again, I, I look at everything as my, my background is finance, but I look at everything as compound. I look, you know, credit card, compounding interest, compounding your life, 
compounding the return on yourself. So you and I could probably keep going down that road and we'd, we'd be here forever, but like, think about it. Yeah, but that's what it's about. Yeah, let's close it with one quote. And I wish I could give attribution to this, but people are celebrated in public for what they've practiced in private for years. That's the compound effect of the small incremental actions they've done regularly and consistently that all of a sudden they're viewed as an overnight success. There is no such thing. No, there isn't. The road, I can't remember who said this one. I'll leave it so we aren't going back and forth on quotes. (laughs) The path to success is paved in skeleton and crushed dreams. Oh, I've never heard that one. I like that. So... There you go. It's it's every morning I read uh, specific sayings that I've kept in my Outlook calendar, and that's one of the top five that's right there. So that's a knowledge bomb that you just dropped, Brandon. That's a knowledge bomb. Love it. It's not mine. Here's the thing: anything I talk about, it's not mine. Like it's it's smarter people like you that that I get to that's okay. pass that message along. All right. So masterminds they've been around for a long time, probably back to the apostles, if you think about it. Then Benjamin Franklin creates the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. And then this guy, Napoleon Hill, writes a book, kind of solidifies the world of what that is. As there's been such a large boom of self-education over the last 10 years, where do you see the paradigm shift going between standard education versus self-education going forward? (laughs) That's a pretty leading question, my friend. (laughs) I, th- I don't know that there's a whole lot of debate on this outside of large educational institutions, right? Who are, I think, still trying to hold on to that, that pattern. You know, I think when you and I were kids, right? It's like a, a bachelor's degree was like table stakes. You just needed it to exist in the world, right? And so what did we do? We went down the path of spending a whole bunch of money on education, maybe not, but certainly time, energy, and effort. I just genuinely believe that there's going to be less and less a role for formal education over time. I think that so many individuals have really learned that you know, how many times have I actually applied the education from my experience in college? Very few. Now, to the institution approach, what I did learn was human skills, interaction skills, relational skills, leveraging skills. Like there were life skills I got from that, but I don't necessarily think you need a large institution to teach you that. That's, those are the things that I took away from my education. Now, I paid a lot for those, those lessons. Um, I probably could have learned those lessons in other ways also, right? I think that self-education is going to continue to take a more and more dominant force. And even if you just look at the financial component of formal education, it's, I mean, there's, there has to be a paradigm shift. The current structure that we're on today is not sustainable. It's just not right? And people who are coming out of college with six figures of debt, and they're going to go be a school teacher to make 35,000, 45,000, 55,000 a year, depending on the part of the country. It's just not like, it's just, it's, we need to start thinking about education as an ROI, not just table stakes to be in an employable human being. I think we have to have a mental shift here. I never went back, I never went back and got my master's. I always thought I would, but the more I've had experience in the world, the less I even think I need it. Right. I, I have no desire to do that at this point. But when I was fresh out of school, that's what school taught me. You're going to have to get your master's someday. And there's certain fields you need that. Let's just call it what it is. There's certain fields you need it. Majority, you don't. Yeah. I, I sit there and say, if you want to be a doctor, a nurse, an engineer, hey, I want you going to school and getting that piece of paper. Of course. Short of that, if my son's operating on someone, you need to go. But short of that, do you want a quarter million dollars in debt or do you want something else, the alternative to where you can learn from people that are actually doing it. They're in the trenches with you. They're not that many steps ahead, but they've proven their success. So, I mean, the thing that I say to yep. my son, as, as, as he understands, even at six, what we're building, 
I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to have $30,000 for when you graduate from high school. This 30,000 is going to be for your investment in your college. You're going to figure out the rest of it. Here's another 30,000 over here. You can take daddy's cell phone or you can just hop on the success finder and you can probably stretch that 30 grand over two years. You're going to pay, it's going to help pay for your room and board. And it's also going to help you travel to go find the people that you're going to learn from. And you can, and you can do it in two years, $30,000, which one, which 30,000 do you want your choice? Yeah. I don't think that's a very hard, hard, hard equation. I mean, that's, that's easy. That's easy. I know what I would have chosen back then. I would have steered away probably from the traditional approach. Now I have no regrets for what I've done. It is what it is. But you know, the reality of it is, is again, we're seeing a shift and the financial model of traditional education just isn't going to work. It worked still when you and I were in school. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I just literally can't wrap my head. I mean, you and I have young kids. I've got a six and a five-year-old. You have a six-year-old. I'm literally looking at it and, I'm, and when I'm projecting through what the cost of college is going to be when our kids are there. And it's, it's going to be crippling. I mean, it's, gonna, it's literally going to get to a point where most people can't go. And even if they can, they're going to be financed so significantly, they'll never get out of it. Colleges were built on financial institutions from the aspect it's a it is a house and they need the sports in order to f- afford that. And all of a sudden the sports model is getting broken because of what's going on in the world. And we can keep going down this rabbit hole, but I'll just nip it with this. Like when the sports model got shook up, so did the financial stability of these colleges, which means who's going to carry that brunt? Probably the student body. So, you know, all right. When someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what they're going to get out of it. They have some some idea what the expectations, what the outcomes can be. What should someone expect when they come and work with you and enter your reality? That's a great question. You know, what's interesting is a lot of the work that I do is less tangible upfront, but long-term it has a significantly greater impact. So I typically work with entrepreneurs, business owners, high-performing salespeople, individuals who don't frankly know who they are anymore, right? They may have a high level of success, but all of a sudden they're just miserable and they're not experiencing all the things in life that they desired. And so what we often walk them through is a process of shedding the layers of what the world has told us we need to be and the box we need to fit into and getting back to that bright shining light that they were when they were born and brought onto this planet so that we can really honor who they are best. Most people start with the what, what house, what car, what job, what amount of money, what spouse, like literally, like we're going to build the house and everything around. And I did this too, by the way. So, um, and, and they build this, this life based on what the world, the culture, society has told them that they need to be successful or happy or all these things, right? But when you chase the what, what do you lose? The who. And so what I do is I re... Yeah, your mission, vision, and values. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. I recalibrate people back to who they authentically are. And by doing that, it's a process of tapping into a higher level of awareness and intentionality in everything we do. And by doing that, we also allow people to bring joy, freedom, and fulfillment back into their lives. And it just so happens that when we recalibrate that, the what becomes a manifestation of the who. And when they put in the work to do it right, their businesses flourish, their relationships flourish, their health flourishes, and they can have a healthy life that's built in alignment that has a self-regulating mechanism to it. So they know what fits and what doesn't. And we all of a sudden can escape a lot of the shame, guilt, and all the other stuff that exists. So I, I know that sounds like, big picture, like maybe sometimes too loose and less tangible, but everybody comes to me with a different goal. Most of the time though, it's they don't understand the emotional triggers and behavioral patterns that have them stuck in that self-defeating path. We've got to get clarity on that to help them free to where they really want to be. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're looking for like, you know, the shiny objects, the, 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 the houses, the cars, what you see on social media, and you start there, you're, you're going to really mess up in trying to reverse engineer that. 
Money will be a byproduct of solving a problem. Money will be a byproduct of actually having the why and what you want to do for other people. It will, it happen. will happen. And it, it, this isn't me being some like guru on this because that's not that's not my jam. That's not me. I just know that's the case because you said there, you're like, hey, I at one point looked at, you know, I wanted this and I wanted that. And every goal I set in front of me when I started my first company was, okay, if we hit this, then, you know, I'm going to feel something. And I kept upping the goal when I hit it earlier than I did. And I was like, none of it meant anything to me. Yeah, exactly. How many times do people say, when I just get here, I'll be, when I just get here, I'll be, that's chasing what, right? That's not aligning with who. And when you can align with the who, the what becomes a manifestation. Oh, by the way, we layer in a bunch of strategy and tactics that also support what they do, but we don't typically start with strategy and tactics, even though that's why they come to me often. They're like, this is what's wrong. Hold on. No, no, no. Strategy and tactics might not be wrong. The person who's delivering them might be wrong. So let's get to the core of the who, and then we'll figure out how to refine the process from there. But yeah, it's never, if I just get here, I'll be, no, that's not how life works. Yeah. But it's 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 how we how how we train ourselves, and we got to break we got to break that that chain and change how we think. So, all right, talking about the people that you work with, I feel that they have a way of surprising us from time to time. It could be their willingness, their drive, their grit, their ingenuity, whatever it is. Give us a success story of someone because they worked with you, they figured out what their why was, they knew where they were at, they just didn't know how to go there. Give us a success story of someone that's worked with you. Yeah, so I have one. It's very, very clear. I, I mean, I have multiple, but I, I've got one that pump, jumps to mind because it's a very recent uh, evolution. It's an individual who works in a partnership and they work in a partnership that the culture is not necessarily the greatest. And it's one that that often can kind of try to mold people into the box that they want them to fit into and that they define that this is the only way to be successful, right? And, it, and it, that's just not how it works. So he was in this business for four years before he hired me. And for four years, he'd grown his business on average between 200 to $250,000 a year. Every year, his greatest year in terms of new business was in the arena of about 250,000. But he also was struggling at home right, with relationships because there was debt that was piling up as he was growing and scaling his business. There was all these different components and he was starting to become this person that he wasn't at the core that is really what made him so brilliant in his prior life and all the things that he's done, okay? So we went through and we started to unpack and this person was significantly impacted by shame, right? Never was aware of it, didn't understand it, but from the time he was brought up to current day, he was in a shame-based world. Well, he also happened to be in a sort of shame-based culture that only triggered that pattern, which was limiting him from getting to where he wanted to be. So we had to really go through, calibrate with who he was, get clarity on what that looks like and recognize that everything else is noise so that we could focus him on what he could control and align himself back to who he was, how he interacts with clients, prospects, friends, spouse, kids, all of the above, okay? I've worked with him now for about a year. Again, greatest year ever was 250,000. Last year, his fiscal year end, he closed at about 850, okay? Fast forward to today, he's seven months into his fiscal year. He's seven months in, he's at $1.4 million. He had a two-month string that he generated $450,000 in his business in two months. Two months, he superseded an entire fiscal year before in his new business generation. He's, more, he's gonna more than double his business this year, right? And he also has a better marriage, better relationship with his kids, and he's feeling holistically good. He was what was standing in his way of success. And once we got that block out of the way, the guy's soaring and happy as can be. 
And now we're taking it to a whole nother level, right? Because we had to fix the short-term intermittent things that needed to be fixed. Now we're building a system around him that can be sustainable and a business generation that's going to feed him for years to come based on who he is and how he builds relationships. He's not a seller. He doesn't have to sell. People like him so much and they trust him so much. If he shows in, builds relationships, adds value, they're going to buy. They always do. That was really the fundamental shift, but he felt like he had to sell to grow based on the model that he was in. And now he's free from that because he realizes he can align with who he is and have even a greater amount of success. Yeah, I, I know I giggled when you, you talked the financial thing and I smiled and I'm just like, you know, my eyes lit up. But the thing that really stood out on me right there is, and, and you brought it back, which was his relationship with his wife, his children, the people around him, and then himself. Like, because that is, that's what allowed him to go to that financial part. Again, the, the monetary portion is a byproduct of fixing everything else right there. That's exactly right. Yes. And, and, and I know like my reaction was based off the money, but I'm thinking the whole time is, man, how much, how much happier, how much better does he sleep? How much more like energy is he able to emit to other people that he doesn't even know? And when it comes to sales, you hit it right on, on, on the head. Sales, you, you don't have to be, you can be good at sales and not sell anything. If you have something to offer that people need and you bring it to them that it helps solve a problem and, and it, it helps what they need, you don't have to sell a thing. This is what I have. This is how I've packaged it. This is why it's going to help you. Oh, sure. You're a great guy. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's not suffering from the stress and anxiety that he was a year, a year and a half ago before we started working together, right? He's not feeling the pressure of like having to be something that he's not. He gets to live authentically as who he is. And oh, by the way, again, Health is, is, is at the best it's ever been. Relationships at the best it's ever been. He feels the most stable. And oh, by the way, he's also having more business success than he's ever had, right? So when we talk about how these things weave together, it is a very holistic approach. And so when people are like, oh, are you a business coach? Well, that's part of what we do, <laughs> right? We, we have business strategy tactics, things that happen. But if we calibrate to the person, it's a holistic, integrated approach to how do we build a better life? Yeah, it's the, it depends. You just said it right there. If we calibrate to the person, you're not saying, hey, here's a one size fits all. I see where you're at, where you want to go, because we, ha we, can, we can only fix things if we know where you're at. That's it. All right. In the solo shows a lot, I talk about success and the pillars of success and what it takes to be successful. And I think there's a lot of different things. I'll throw out a couple. Mentorship, coaching, partnerships, experimentation, willingness to fail. And on the same coin, willingness to succeed, because when you define success, you've in essence defined failure. What do you think is a key factor when it comes to being successful and knowing what that means to you? Understanding your own definition of success. That's all that matters. I think most people define success based on the way the world defines success. Media culture has defined success. Define success how it means to you and then calibrate your life accordingly, right? The reality is I work with high performers, people who do make a lot of, a lot of money typically, who've had levels of success, but I've also worked with people who have significantly less and their, their definition of success aligns with their lifestyle, what they want, how they build it. And so we have to start there. How do you define success? What does this mean to you? And then how do we build a life around you that aligns with your definition of success? Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's short, but impactful. I mean, it doesn't need any more explaining than, you know, it's, it's defining your own success. What is success to you? Not someone else. It's to you. So when you work with your clients, they, they, they come out of this and they just, they're changed people. But a lot of people, when they work with other people, it could be in the, do, in, in the medical field, it could be in, in, in politics, they transfer the risk. 
A politician will send someone off to war, but they won't send their own child. A doctor will prescribe you um, a, a pill, but they won't give it to their own family member. They're transferring that risk from one person to the other. How do you keep yourself from transferring the risk when you're working with your clients? Hmm. Man, you're asking good questions. You're only as good as your questions, Brandon. You're getting me fired up, brother. That is a great question. One I've never actually even thought about, but it seems like it's gonna be a natural answer for me. I typically will not, I say typically because there are situations in certain industries or things that might look different, but I typically will never suggest, give recommendations or structure for someone to do something unless I would do it myself. And one of the best things I've loved about coaching is it is impossible when, when again, one of the core elements of what I do is aligning with who you are in radical authenticity. It is impossible for me to sit across a table from somebody that I'm coaching, having a conversation about their blocks, different shifts, different changes, and not have the mirror directly reflected back on myself. Because when that mirror reflects back on myself, I'm telling somebody something that I know I'm failing at. It also prompts me and motivates me to go fix those things myself. It might've been blind until I had that conversation, or it's an area that I've already experienced and I can evolve them through as a result of it. But I, I, I legitimately will not recommend somebody do anything unless I would do it myself or have done it myself. Brilliant, simple, easy, and you know what you're gonna get when you work with Brian. All right, as we come closer to the end, just a few more questions. I feel there's always new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. When, when the world is good and times are good, man, it's, it's easy to be successful and win. But I think ingenuity and innovation come when we feel the squeeze. And we've been feeling the squeeze. The world has been feeling the squeeze. What are you working on right now that's gonna take place over the next 12 months that excites you? So I have a few things, but I'll, 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 sp I'll speak to one specifically that I had zero exposure to a year ago, and it's the podcasting world, okay? You and I chatted on this a little bit before we jumped on the show. Uh, truthfully, to my own detriment, I completely devalued podcasts pre-COVID. And for no reason, I just hadn't done them, right? I'd done a handful of them and I had a different growth strategy. I had live stages. There was It was just a totally different world. When COVID hit and dry, live stages literally dried up overnight. It was like, okay, what do I do? How do I pivot? Okay, you asked me specifically about my technology. I won't go into detail on that here, but one of the first things I realized is life is about one, showing up, and two, how do you show up? So I invested significantly in my technology, the lighting, the sound, the, the camera quality, even the, the screen that you're on, you're on a 50-inch screen because I wanted to shorten the curve to make it seem as realistic and human interaction as possible if we're in a virtual world. I'll brush over that. If people want to know more, they can reach out to me later and I can give them all the details. But what that led to was I reached out to, I was like, oh, I'm going to dabble in this podcast world. I reached out to 10 to 12 of them and it has created this insane momentum where I've been on, I think, 130 or 140 in the last six months-ish. And what that's led to is also the ability to have like hyperspeed from getting access to people that I normally wouldn't have had access to, as well as meeting people all across the globe as we're embracing this virtual world with very little friction so that I can meet as many people as possible. What that's led to is my belief that there's a gap in the podcasting space. There's a lot of competition in this space, but we've got what, 98% of podcasts that never get over five episodes or 100 downloads. Right? So many people start and stop and they start and stop because they don't really know how, where, or what to do. And the reality of it is you don't necessarily have to pay somebody always to do that. So what we thought was lacking, I say we because I, and, and I stumbled in these last six to nine months. I was on three different podcasts with three different hosts, hosts who all have different experience and skill sets. And this idea got incubated and we've now come together to collaborate on this. 
So we're in the process of establishing a podcaster community. And it's a community to bring podcasters together to focus on just that community, collaboration, and collective impact, right? There is now and will always be a free option, but it's a matter of if we've got people who've got a message that the world needs to hear, can we bring a collective group of impact mission-driven podcasters together to amplify all of their voices? And we can teach people along the way. We can do it for them in certain situations. We will never own audio, but we know how to use video content very effectively to help grow and scale and monetize listenership and sponsorships and all the variety. So can we teach people? Because collective impact to me is what everything is about. So if we bring like-minded individuals together to have a greater impact on the world, we can do that. We literally just went live yesterday and we already have our 50 first shows already in the pilot group. And by February 1st, we've got phase two launching. We've got a goal to get over a thousand shows on this platform by the end of the year. And we've got a video and radio audio only network that we're gonna have people be able to go live on as well as trade shows, learn how to land guests and a whole variety of things that you can get in courses and masterminds, but not all of it together. And we're bringing a large group. The first 50 are all established podcasters. It's not new ones. It's not small ones. It's ones who get it, who know how to use it. They're going to help us break the system so that we can learn and refine and add the most amount of value on the back end. Again, there is now and will always be a free option to be a part of the community because community coming together, that's how we have collective impact on this world. And I'm on a mission to impact a billion lives. I've said that before. This is one vehicle to have a profound and massive impact, but I'm super excited about it, as you can tell. Yeah, and I'm excited just to be a part of it, learn more about it, and and be part of that movement to help move that needle. So, all right, last one. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if someone listening today implemented this over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they'd see real impact on their personal or business life? It's around awareness. Our minds process 11 million bits of information, but we're only consciously aware of about 40. So what that tells us is that we're largely led by the unconscious. So until you go through a systematic process of moving the unconscious to the conscious, the unaware to the aware, it's going to feel like life is happening to you, like it's fate, like you have no influence or control over your destiny and where you want your life to go or your business to go. So the very first step I'm going to tell people, and this is a very actionable tool, I literally want people to make two lists. Write them down. One, the first list is, what are the things, people, situations, businesses, activities that I have in my life today that give me energy, give me joy, give me freedom, give me fulfillment, that literally fill up my energy bucket and make me feel good and like, it's, like I, who I'm, I am who I am? Make the secondary list. The secondary list is what drains my energy? What doesn't fulfill me? What gives me stress, anxiety, fear, shame, guilt, anything on the negative spe spectrum of the emotions? And I mean that literally. Actions, activities, people. I want very clearly on this list. Start to incrementally, from a place of awareness, move things off of this list, either eliminate them from your life or shift them over to the positive side. That simple act by being aware and then being intentional with the things in your life that make you feel most authentically you will have an impact overnight in your business and in your life. If you need more help beyond that, we're here to help you give really a lot more structure and clarity in all of the dynamics, but that's something people can implement today. Yeah, and that's such an easy thing. I've talked about a list, like here's this column, here's this column write it down. I even talked to a business partner of mine and I just got friction. They're like, uh, this won't do me any good. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. recognize that right away. But the impact and when yeah. you actually see it pen to paper, it's like you've digested it, you've chewed it, you've owned it. Yep. And now you can start making the change. If they have someone like you, if, if you're their corner man, if you're in, you know, you're there to help get themselves out of their way, and the simplicity, some of the simplest yep. things are the hardest for us as humans to actually, actually do. Yeah, totally agree. 
but ideas without action are just ideas. So if I give you this and apply it and you'll see a difference, just, this is one of those, I'm going to say, take a leap of faith and trust me on this one. I promise you'll see a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, you've, you've given us so much today. So many thought bombs, truth bombs, just you've, you've laid it out there. I've gotten to learn a lot and I'm looking forward to re listening to this episode again. I appreciate everything that you've done. We've got the founder of Brian Bogert Companies, the man himself, Brian Bogert. Brian, thanks, man. Well, thank you. You make me sound way cooler than I actually am, but I'm grateful for people like you who've built platforms to put good in the world that allow me the opportunity to come speak to your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. That's what it's about, brother. So thank you. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.